Money Miners, welcome to today's show, Tuesday 9th of May. Now, we've got a special guest today, a bit of news out this morning. Fortuna Silver have put in a bid to acquire Chesser Resources. Now, this will be on the extreme higher end of premiums. The deal is at a 95% premium to Chesser's last closing price. So you've got Chesser there focused on the standalone Diambasud gold project in Senegal. So they've got a mineral resource estimate of 13.9 million tonne at 1.7 grams for 762,000 ounces. And we've got the MD, the main man himself, Andrew Grove on the line to take us through the deal. Andrew, welcome to and, Money of Mine. How and, are Andrew, you, here's your chance to correct uh, Matty's mispronunciation of the project. Did you get it right or wrong? Right? <laughs> Oh, you got pretty close. Damber suit, yeah. Damber suit. Yep. Oh, yeah. Well, yeah. suit, depends how you pronounce it. I tried to pronounce something Swedish yesterday, so it was just as, um, I don't French, <laughs> French isn't as good. Is this French? Is it French? Yeah, it's Francophone, uh, Africa. Very good, mate. Mate, welcome to the show. Uh, you, Thank you. First, first pass from the uh, the rocket scientists we've got here with us, Travis and JD. The deal looks to be a cracker, mate. As I said, 95% premium. Take us through it a bit. Give us the initial scope. Well, okay. Look, it's um, it's a it's a scheme of arrangement for, um, between Fortuna and Chester Resources. Uh, Fortuna will end up uh, acquiring all the shares in in Chester, um, with an exchange ratio of 0.0248. You know, obviously Fortuna is a much larger entity than Chester. Um, our Chester shareholders will end up with sort of circa five point one percent of the company. Um, it was struck at a price um, using five-day weight average on Fortuna stock and FX, and it was struck at about a fourteen point two cents equivalent price for Chesser shares, which, as you said, was a um, you know, that's a ninety-five percent premium to our close. Um, from now on, it sort of trades along with with Fortuna, um, and hopefully, hopefully, then there's some good support on the Fortuna market for. Um, uh, for this transaction and some other things that are happening within the company. Um, board, you know, board approved it uh, unanimously, subject to independent experts report and um, no other superior offer coming over the top. Um, and the fortune has also provided a financial assistance in terms of in, in terms of a $3 million Aussie working capital facility. Uh, which is secured with a fixed and floating over the Australian assets uh, to help us enable liquidity through the through this sort of scheme period, which is sort of circa ninety to hundred days. I did I did notice that that you know three million dollar yeah bridge bridge facility that they provided and yep. um and and I guess it sort of speaks to the kind of funding dynamics at play for Chesser and the company, right? You've you um you know running pretty light on cash and. And it sort of flagged that that you, the things were going to be, um, you know, evaluating the merit, evaluating the, the the subsequent programs and looking for farming options, etc. Um, and I'm I'm curious how how's the sort of funding dynamics um, inform the actual transaction outcome here? Was was that a big motivator to actually pursue this corporate transaction, Andrew? Uh, look, there's always you know we're, we're pre-development, so uh, like all of us uh, explorers and pre-development guys, we don't have a uh, cash flow to support our activities, and we're reliant on the market. So you, you, we do look at all our options all the time, and you know 
for us, it's you know raising equity um, in a current market which is very soft and doesn't love pre-development guys very much, particularly for gold in Africa. Um, so you get a raise if you're raising money on the market, it's at a discount and it's potentially quite dilutive to shareholders. Uh, you're looking at there's other funding options that you're always looking for, but you know fundamentally it's what gives the best what will give the best return to our shareholders um, and obviously a 95 percent premium and you know the option to participate in the project going forward with Fortuna shares is uh, was the most attractive that's available at this point in time. Well, Andrew, we we do hope it all goes smoothly with you, but. It's not good for our business if um, if we're not getting extra deals and uh, in the merger and acquisition space like we're doing with Silver Lake and Genesis and Say Barbara <laughs> at the moment. So, look, uh, yeah, there's plenty of action that side. Uh, how long has the I guess the wheeling and dealing been going on in the background to get to this deal? Oh, uh, look, you know, um, it's it does take a long time to cement these deals, and you, you talk to people doing the marketing. You talk not only to investors but actually corporates. Uh, so we, I guess we've been engaged with uh, Fortuna on and off for 12 months uh, or will be 12 months by the time we complete this um, transaction. Um, but, you know, look, doing M&A takes time and not, not something you just rock up at somebody's door and do within three months. It's, uh, it takes a, you know, a bit of dancing around and people looking under the skirts and seeing what's what um, what interests them. And obviously, you know, Fortuna's got a big balance sheet, so they've got a lot of opportunities to look at other projects and they've decided that... Uh, this one suits them best. And why? And why? Do, why is that? Uh, are they look low strip ratio? So you've got seventy seven six percent in the indicated category. Look at a ninety five percent premium. They obviously Fortuna see, obviously see a lot of potential for low cost mining and resource growth. Is that sort of where they're leaning? Yeah, you know, look, I think um, a Gamba suit is a good project too, and you know it's got a very low strip ratio. It's four four point two to one on on average. The resources. Uh, 860,000 ounces and 760 of those go into open pits, four open pits. Uh, we find continue to find mineralisation on the tenement. Uh, we put out some results recently at uh, Casasago. Um, new discovery will add out, will add reasonable ounces to the mine plan, all of which the market ignores. But that's all right. Um, uh, so it is a, it's a, it's a, you know, it's a modest scale high-value project that paid back in 15, 14, 15 months on gold price and sanctions. Um, but there's gross potential and there's gross potential in their tenements and gross potential in the surrounding tenements. There's particularly a lot of gross potential in surrounding tenements. And Fortuna sees, sees this as um, just an analogue to their Seguala project in Ivory Coast, which they just finished building and expect to pull first gold this month. Uh, they bought, they, they acquired that project with the takeover of Rocks Gold, different market because I think they spent 1.1 billion acquisition of Rocks Gold, they had a small underground gold mine in Bikina and then they had this uh, Seguala project in Ivory Coast, which they've, um, they've managed to expand the resources, uh, develop the, a modest scale project with circa 100, 100, 120,000 ounces a year, low costs uh, with some loss of exploration upside. So I think um, they see that as just another just another Seguela and they've got the build-ready team and they've got the development team ready that they can volley into this one. Andrew, if we if we zoom out a bit and just 
bear in mind this unfavourable environment for juniors in, in particular in West Africa. Do you think this leads to a bit of a, a wave of consolidation across the space? Well, I look like I think it has to. I think, you know, the, the juniors are, well, the pre-development guys who have real assets are trading at such cheap discounts to the intrinsic value of the asset that um, the producers who are getting, you know, they're getting full tilt for um, the gold price rally, uh, got strong cash flows. Um, you know, it's hard to find gold or any commodity. It's hard to find a project that's real and developable. So I think the producers will have to be looking at uh, what other what opportunities around them, around them. They can buy it almost as cheap as they can find it and they haven't found too much either. So there's a whole lot of um, producers... I can speak for West Africa that um, are looking to fill their pipeline of growth. Um, and there's only a certain number of uh, projects that sit out there that, uh, you know, can be built into a mine or has at this point been proven that they can be built into, into a mine. Totally. I mean, we, we, we keep a keen eye on on some of those players ourselves. I mean, Orcorp and, and Predictive sort of come to mind as, as, uh-huh. as clear, clear targets that, you know, might stand out to some of those um, more established producers who are, who are who are looking for a bit of an opportunity? Um, we, I'm curious, Andrew, to, uh, to 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 talk a little bit about you know the, the deal itself. I mean, I, 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 at face value, I thought, wow, like you know, 95% premium in an environment where um, you know it, it looks tricky to get equity. So I would have thought, you know, the the acquirer probably has more more leverage, and it looks like you guys have negotiated a, like a really really good premium, a great outcome for your shareholders. So, you know, firstly, congrats for that. Um, but you know, I look at I was. I was just comping it um, just to see how, how that premium sort of fared and the, and the price paid fared with sort of comparable transactions in the region in recent history. Um, and, and like uh, even on an EV per resource ounce, um, you know, sort of comped it with some peers and, and YouTube viewers can, can see the chart. But, but the only, you know, the only more fully valued EV per, per resource ounce um, acquisitions from, from my comp set where, where the acquirer was actually you know, buying a project that would feed an existing mill. And that isn't the case for you guys. So, um, you know, it's, it seems to me to be like a you know, pretty great value considering um, there's no you know, immediate operational synergies from, a, from an infrastructure perspective. No, no, I agree with that. Look, all, all the work we've done on comparable comps, it, it stacks up well or better than a lot of the things. And, you know, if you don't have to spend the capital, you're just buying ounces to put in your mill, you can you know, afford to buy it, pay, pay dollar per ounce a bit higher than you can with where you've got to sink the capital in. And really, Danvers suit has to be a standalone opportunity. There's no there's no plants or mills that are um, within uh, trucking distance that uh, would support uh, just feeding feeding that mill. So if it's if it's not, if the rationale for Fortuna is not to, to feed a nearby mill, what, you know, what to them, what, what's the attraction? Oh, look, as I've been saying to everybody, look, you know, our resource growth is, resource base is growing. We found, again, another deposit just to the south and of our other two two or three main deposits. You know, we put a hit out within the, within our Karakara pit of circa, I think it's 70 metres at 2.6 grams per tonne. It's inside the pit and outside the resource shell. And again, share price didn't move. But, um, you know, I think there's a lot of growth potential in in the in the in the tenement, but if you if you step out within a sort of circa fifteen kilometer radius, um, there's a lot of the smaller scale discoveries being found, particularly by Barrack, who are really actively exploring to the east of us. They're Bambachi JV. We've identified what, 15, 20 
near surface mineralized hits. Um, and uh, what they haven't done to date is find the big Barrett scale project. Uh, so, in my view, is that you're sitting in the middle of a three to five million ounce camp, um, and you'll, you've got first mover advantage by having the mill there. If you know, if Barrett don't find a five million ounce deposit, so um, mm-hmm. it's so going to be a longer term play. When you guys were, were seeking farm farming. Um, type agreements, you know, as, as flagged in your in your public disclosures, I imagine those conversations were, were trying to be pursued with Barrick. Do you have any view on on what what yeah. their you know strategy is in the area? Do you think they'll leave if they don't find something soon, or like what, what are they well, going to do? Look, they've got it. They're, look, they're obviously looking for about Barrick scale project. Uh, the the tenement is within, or well, it's just across the border from Lulu Goncotto, which produces circa five hundred thousand losses a year for for Barrick. Uh, it's 20 k's north of uh, for cola, which is which is a million out of the year for for uh, B2 gold, um, and it's the same host rock, similar alteration systems, slightly different structural setting. So they're not giving up on that. But look, in, in history shows that if they don't find something, their scale they do sell it. So they in Senegal they sold to Guala to uh, Taranga, uh, which then which had the Savadala mill and project, and that, that was subsequently acquired by uh, Endeavour Endeavor Mining. So they do have a history of selling projects that don't meet their, their hurdles, but it just, you know, it's barracks, so they've got lots, they're going to take their time and now they're testing the project. So we don't have any control over the timeline. Andrew, I'm keen to hear your thoughts on various different uh, countries across Africa and in particular in West Africa as you've got that experience there. We've seen uh, Perseus move into Sudan and then obviously the the unfortunate situation with the civil war there. How do you assess countries such as Senegal, Guinea, Ivory Coast, all these countries? Are they Have you sort of got a, a framework in your, in your head or are they all changing and you've just got to keep monitoring the situations? Well, look... Um well, they do change, so you do have to keep monitoring. Um, I spent a fair bit of time in uh, West Africa, either in um, either in an operational sense or I've spent a lot of time at Macquarie Bank doing mining finance, so we banked a lot of projects throughout West Africa. And they all have the nuances. Uh, they do change somewhat. Um, but, you know, in my view, if you're looking at West Africa, Senegal and Ivory Coast are probably the better, one of the be- couple of better jurisdictions. Um, but you know, if you look at Ivory Coast, it has had its issues in in history, um, and there is that influence of the um, the terrorist activities through the Sahel that moves up and down and is creating sort of instability in some of the some of the countries in the region. Um, yeah, look, you, you do have to assess it on case by case, and you do have to be aware uh, that that does change. Um, so. It's you've got to keep your eyes open and you've got to, once you're there, you're there. So you've got to just manage the situation the best you can with having good local content and, um, you know, good connections and, you know, being a good corporate citizen and helping, you know, looking after the local communities. That's sort of why we look at it. Um, but, you know, some jurisdictions are, are challenging at the moment. Yeah, so, Andrew, what's your role going forward, mate? If this, once this, if this deal goes through, you're assuming, you're hoping it will. I guess what's your role? Uh, well, was I'm moving on, obviously. Um, they don't need another managing director. They've got one. Um, look, the, the good thing is that the uh, Fortuna team is going to maintain our team and the country. 
and they've got a very similar ethos in terms of looking after the local community and governments and things like that. So um, the the local team, our country in country team, is 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 supported through this transaction and beyond. Um, look, you know, that's the life of the small junior exploration mining company uh, executive. Sorry, you know, these transactions happen and they look for another job, but um, maybe I might take some time and. Improve my golf. And then... Do you want to? Do you want to be a geological advisor to money of mine? We could. Uh, use, <laughs> we could use some uh, expert insight or something. <laughs> oh well, maybe. Uh... <laughs> Yes, maybe we can. Yeah, it might I'm be sure for free. That's the problem. <laughs> <So>. <laughs> <laughs> well, mate, I think this has been a great example of. Um, uh, Trav's, Trav's treatment. So last week we had Simon Lawson on the, uh, and Trav hammered him for uh, re- recapitalising at a 50% discount and you've been treated extremely favourably for uh, a uh, takeover at uh, 95% premium. So I think we've seen either end of the spectrum oh, I, mean, I love good outcomes <laughs> for shareholders. <laughs> <laughs> um, mate, congratulations. Thanks very much for coming on. Boys, you got anything else for Andrew? Or? Mate, just congrats for being willing to put yourself out of a job. I find that. Uh, trait very admirable. Uh, not everyone yeah. is willing to do that. Yeah, anyway, well done so on a great deal, Andrew. No, worries. thanks, guys. And uh, I'd be happy I'll to keep do looking at your podcast. <laughs> Cheers, Andrew. <laughs> <laughs> Good on you, mate. And uh, all no the worries. best with it all. Thank you. Cheers, okay. Mate. See you. Right. Oh, geez, Andrew, lads, what do we reckon? Now, first, as I said, first pass forth that this 95% premium mm. for something that isn't short term answers, it is purely just an exploration project, does have a mineral resource, but a 95% premium, what What are your thoughts? Yeah, well, uh, why the tactic? We had to really adjust and reassess to talk positively about something because a bit of a change of tack for, for Trav. Trav. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't think I've said the words congratulations on this show yet, but this came out of my mouth and I sort of almost was taken aback. <laughs> oh, Trav, but Trav was such a fan of the Bill Beaver one, which went against all his principles of like, that was bad promo, <laughs> but Trav loved it. So he's like Wooja with his spell. That's it. Uh, but what do we reckon? 95%, scaring people off? What's the guy? I, I think it's a, a great deal that, that Andrew's done. If you, you look at the share price and the deal, read the announcement. Um, the stock hasn't traded this high. It's not as opportunistic as some of the other acquisitions we've seen across the, the sector over the past couple of months. So I, I think it's a good deal. And I mean, it's on a, a smaller market cap, isn't it? From what, 40 to roughly 90 or so market cap. But I think he's done a, a great deal. Have you ever seen a 95% premium before? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, totally. I mean, yeah. I mean I've seen a 400% premium before. Yeah. Um, it does happen, but it's pretty rare. You, but- you see it a bit less... Straight up, you know, it's a bit more common in a in a bidding sort of war where they'll keep egging each other on. But yeah, 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 uh, yeah. It's it's. Uh, I mean, like, so just for reference, right? And I'll, I'll read I'll read these these out. I just I comped some you know corporate level transactions of you know similar stage projects in the last three year. B two Gold's acquisition of Orca was at one hundred and twenty eight percent premium to the last Fortuna's Fortuna's acquisition of Chesa, which is this this deal ninety five percent. Perseus's acquisition of Orca Gold. And this is of the you know the eighty five percent that they didn't already own. That was done at a premium of of seventy nine percent to the last close. Perseus' acquisition of Exor or Exorate um, was at a sixty nine percent premium to the last close. So it's, you know amongst that that pool of sort of similar corporate transactions in a similar area in a similar period of time, um, it's the second highest premium. Yeah, and and like Trav said, this one this one stacks up well when you compare to other transactions we've seen in the space that had those synergies. They might have had a mill in the area or something along those lines. This one didn't have those synergies, so it stacks up quite well, doesn't it? Totally. Yeah, that EV per ounce metric 
it was only yeah the B two Gold's acquisition of Oclo and Perseus' acquisition of Exore that that you know were, were more fully valued on that metric, and and they're feeding mills, so you're going to pay more for that because the infrastructure synergies that are there. Yeah, and I think it's it's probably worth talking about why um, why Fortuna bid at a at a ninety five percent premium. Like, I'm keen to hear what what you guys think about that, but. You know, coming in, you might think, oh, why didn't they just do it at 40, 50% premium? Well, I, like, the deal's not done yet, right? So there's 100 days um, until completion. It's a scheme. So there's there's always the risk of an of an interloper here. So you, you sort of, I think um, the look, like the one thing that they reference in their announcement is that it's traded, that that, that that number is higher than any traded price in the last 12 months. Quite often, shareholders are anchored to the historic price as well. So I, I haven't looked at the last 12 months trading history, but um, I imagine it's, you know, it's, it's basically just above, above their last 12 month high. Um, so that, that'd be one metric that informed it. And, and it's just gotta be high enough to deter an, an interloper as well. Cause if anyone else is looking at the project, um, if you start getting into a bidding war at these prices, you just start thinking, maybe will I look silly for paying too much? Yeah, and it's, it supports it by like, you know, New, Newcrest and Newmont, they were all at, you know, they were at a premium, but in compared to historic levels, they were getting it cheap on his, historic value. Like, as a lot of examples, will obviously St. Barbara, low, 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 low. But as you said, they are a significant premium to their all-time high. Is it, but is it a purely a scare tactic that they want it done smooth and they just put a significant premium on, hopefully, no other bidders and it's just a, very easy process. Yeah, I think the, the points you guys just raised that in reference to the historical pricing and not wanting to get into a bidding war really, really summarise it well. I think they're the main two takeaways. Uh, could it be seen as other companies will be like, well, if they're paying 95% premium off the bat, what aren't we seeing? Should we get involved? Or oh, not? maybe. I, I, I imagine. Um, it looks like, you know, Andrew's explored all funding options for this company and, and, and it's a tough equity environment, right? So so for them, the the, the internal um, equation is do we, you know, if, if we need 20 million bucks to complete our PFS and we're a $40 million market cap at the moment, it's a lot of dilution. It's a bloody high risk of actually being able to do it because equity markets look so tough. Or, or do you, yeah, do you, do you sell it at 90% premium? I'm pretty impressed that he's, he's pulled off this, this deal in the process of doing so. But, you know, imagine in the process of, of deciding that. I, I'm sure they out feelers to other potential um, interested parties as well. So, um, yeah, I, like I, I, I probably would weight the the risk of an interloper here as, as relatively low, but you don't, you never know. How many shares did Andrew have? Don't know, mate. Um, I did see that. the directors flagged that they would be voting their six percent um, or just above six percent interest in in uh, in favour of it. So, um, and he's one of those directors, so somewhere somewhere less than six. Right, there we go. So good, good, a feel-good story. Hey, but will it be the last? M&As aren't what they seem these days. So let's hope, as I said, kind of hope for our sake that something curly happens gives us something cool to talk about. So right. Too easy. Now, before we get on to the recap, we've got a little bit of an issue to address within Money of Mine ranks. Don't we, JD? Do we? We need to do a poll. I want to ask the listener and I want to ask first ask YouTube, is it acceptable social media behaviour for people to like their own posts? Listen, we, sp we spoke about this last night and I stand by my <laughs> statement. If you, if you don't like your own content, nobody's going to. So you need to get that ball rolling, hit the first like, 
and let the fans take it so from I'll there. So I've been going on the Money of Mine page on LinkedIn and I'll see that the Money <laughs> of Mine is liking the Money of Mine posts. I'm like, which two of these bloody twins <laughs> is doing this? And we've found, I've done a bit digging and this is JD's um, – I guess your social media pioneering possibly. Yeah, well, it seems to be working. The, the numbers are ticking over nicely. So I think we'll, we'll stick at it. Maybe hey? the LinkedIn algorithm is liking your um, self-praisings. That's it. I'm, <laughs> I'm reading the, the back and forth between the both of you in the group chat this morning and nearly spat out my coffee. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm all in favour of the self-promotion. Keep it up, JD. Um, These are our it. big ticket items that we uh, talk about in the morning meeting at the moment. <laughs> Right, oh, no, let's get into it. What else? Uh, and Hooteroo uh, was confirmed spelling yesterday. We already had a comment with the correct spelling on LinkedIn. So, and we hear it's uh, people are actually changing on their email signatures. Kind regards is being changed to Hooteroo. With I visionaries, like hey? I like it. <laughs> if anyone called emails us, that's what you got to use. <laughs> right, oh, recap full other news. Michael Haynes, MD of New World Resources, who have the Antler Copper Project in Arizona. He's been picking up some stock on market, so it's something that you like to see, the board having a bit of a skin in the game. But they've only got 1.7 quarters of funding left as per their last quarterly, which they put out after market on Friday, which was on the list. Now, Mika Metals, MNK, they're up 11% after hitting 12 metres at 0.4% trio. I'm not, I don't, I'm not quoting the parts per million because they're just trying to make it all sound bigger. It's 0.4%. You say trio or T-R-E-O? No, they call it trio. Do they? Yeah, that's wow. at the. Once you come to the networking events alongside me, Trav, though, you'll hear that all these little uh, ad, uh, abbreviations that they I'm glad use. I, I'm glad I never said that one on air myself. Yeah, not nah, trio. So that's there. They've got the Circle Valley Rare Earths Project. So NDPR ratios of up to thirty percent. Now, Bezregald, BEZ, they're up thirty four percent in early trade, and they've signed a. Binding Gold Purchase Agreement, which gives them a $300 million loan facility to develop their, it's BAU, BAU, I don't know how you pronounce it, gold project in East Malaysia. And CEO Dr. Ray Shaw is stepping down from CEO, going to the role of Chief Operating Officer uh, to focus on the country development and exploration activities. So someone else that's stepping down. Uh, so this stock has bolted from five cents to twenty nine and a half cents today. They were five cents in early March, so six bagger in a month. Voltaic Strategic Resources. Now this is right up JD's alley of market cap numbers. So they're up one hundred and twenty two percent, and they've intersected fifty eight meters, fifty meters, and thirty four meters of pegmatites at their. Tea Tree Project, TI, so Tea Tree Project. So that's in Yenithara and it's on the same 80-kilometre corridor as Red Dirt's Yenithara, which is Red Dirt's now called Delta Lithium, $8.3 million market cap, JD. What do you reckon about was, was that? Was that before or after the 100% jump? Well, I don't know if that's jump. actually um, updated jump, so it might be 8.3 already. So I'd, I doubt it would have been a $4 million shell company. So anyway, so there's another another bolter for, the, for all the uh, – for all the enthusiasts out there. Hey, we want to avoid the attention of ASIC. <laughs> <laughs> we we do not hold shares in any of those $8 million <laughs> market cap companies. So, right, do it. lads. Short and sharp. JD's favourite word for these things is crisp. Was it crisp, JD? Crisp and sub I'm, I'm not sure 40 minutes counts as crisp, but we're getting better than, than the last couple. The fact that I'm still talking is really <laughs> aggravating you, isn't it? You just want it to finish. It is, it is. Who <laughs> <laughs> 
The information contained in this episode of Money of Mine is of general nature only and does not take into account the objectives, financial situation or needs of any particular person. Before making any investment decision, you should consult with your financial advisor and consider how appropriate the advice is to your objectives, financial situation and needs.